You're listening to the Coach T Podcast hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support. It is always fun to uh, talk shop with some of the best people I know in wrestling. And a shout out to our U.S. women and men for their collection of gold at the World Championships and for Jordan Burroughs setting the record for most world champion world or olympic titles with seven this is an amazing feat i if i do say so myself one of the i hope to one day meet jordan burroughs i have somebody at the level of jordan burroughs i would say um the head coach of the muskegon community college jayhawks mr mark brunger coach brunger how are you doing today i'm doing great man thank you and uh yeah don't put me on the level of Jordan Perl. <laughs> that man's amazing, and all of USA Wrestling right now, uh, men's and women's both, just uh, singing their praises, man. They they just are really knocking it out of the park. Really happy with uh, what's going on at the international level. Yeah, yeah, it was really really fun to to watch them compete and just. I don't know I I love watching this age of of wrestling because it just seems like they're not afraid to score. You know, you watch Jordan, you watch David Taylor, you watch uh, Tamara Mensa-Stock or Helen Morales, the, you name it. They're not afraid to go out there and score. Uh, they're not very defensive. They're always attacking and staying in good position, which is something I think we preach to all of our wrestlers. But I, do, I think it's just fun to watch them because they're it's sound wrestling that they're doing, sound aggressive wrestling, nothing dirty, just solid physical wrestling and getting to their attacks. Yeah. The same moves that people have been hitting for, you know, decades and decades. Uh, <laughs> they just refine it, refine the shots, refine the mm-hmm. training, and and it's a mindset, you know, more than anything else. Like the the moves that are scoring for people are a lot of the same moves that have been scoring for years. So, right, right. Now that uh, it's it's like the wheel, man. It hasn't changed that much in thousands of years. So why change it now? <laughs> So, um, the uniqueness of this between me and Coach Brunger is that he's actually one of the first guests that I haven't met in person. Hopefully, somebody's invited you to the Michigan Wrestling Association's Coaches Clinic in, uh, I believe that's late October, so we can make this happen because um, we are we are both former Jayhawks, but in different generations. Coach Gaffner was your coach. Coach Bentley was my coach, but... Um, I have a unique connection with Coach Gaffner because I talked to him a lot when I was at MCC, and he's actually from the Lansing area and went to Williamson. So that's a small world. And if anybody knows the whole mid-Michigan, the true mid-Michigan, like Lansing area, Williamson is just outside of Lansing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it was a really cool thing having Coach Gaffner, you know, show up and recruit me and uh, – you know, I, I just, I'm a proud Jayhawk through and through, but prior to that, a proud Hornet. You know, it was really a great experience having Jim Mooney, as, who was a Hall of Famer, as my high school coach, and Coach Gaffner, who was a Hall of Famer, as my college coach. And then, you know, moving on with a stint at Ferris State, you know, and, and uh, Jim Miller, who's also a Hall of Famer, so... No, oh, yeah, that it seems to be a theme that a lot of these coaches that I've interviewed have had a lot of great coaches that have really influenced them and how they how they approach their athletes and everything else. But tell us how you got started in this great sport of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be. I'm going to tell you the truth, Isaiah. Uh, I was in eighth grade at at Williamson. I just moved 
from the Lansing area, you know, my parents split up and I, I was born on a farm in Williamston, but, um, when I was in first grade, my parents split up. My mom moved to Lansing and we stayed there until seventh grade. And then she met a, a, another gentleman and they were looking for a place. And I was just praying that they would move to Williamston and they did. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I wanted to come back home, be close to my dad and, and all that stuff. So in eighth grade, we moved back and uh, met a girl in eighth grade. You know, it was one of those goofy little uh, pass note types uh, of relationships. But, you know, we uh, we said that we were going, right? We're going together. And then we weren't going together. She wrote a note uh, breaking up with me. So I wrote a note back that wasn't so nice to her and uh that got turned into a teacher and i got detention and uh, this is the first time i ever got detention and i didn't want to tell my mom so i told her i joined the wrestling team and that's why I had to <laughs> so you know i had to stick with that uh so that the cat wouldn't get out of the bag but right. i fell in love with the sport you know i was not a I was not a very good athlete. If you're talking about just pure athletics, hand-eye coordination, speed, I didn't have any of that stuff. Um, and, and I never played anything organized up until eighth grade. And I, and then we, I had a stepbrother who was an outstanding athlete, um, you know, an all state sprinter, uh, state champion, long jumper. And, um, he is just, an incredible athlete. He was always picked first on the playground and I was never, uh, but that was the day we both joined the wrestling team the same day. So I'm glad he came along with me. He wasn't, he wasn't in any kind of trouble. Uh, (laughs) You know, I did well and, uh, and it stuck. So, um, I found out later, you know, I became a lineman on the football team that I was good at hitting people, knocking people down, grabbing a hold of people and holding them. So, you know, it's it's a great sport for all kinds of people, you know. It's good stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's one of those sports that anybody can have success if they if they work hard. And I mean, you see you see guys like an Anthony Robles winning a national title with one leg, or the you know so back in the '60s when the Michigan School for the Blind won two state titles. Uh, you just don't hear that from many other. Um, other places, other sports like that. Yeah, it's the greatest sport in the world because it's uh, it's an equal opportunity sport. You know, you've got uh, people with all kinds of disabilities that in other sports would have to be on a on a special Olympic team to compete, or you know, and in wrestling you don't you you can you can win a state championship with. with without legs you can win a, a state championship if you're blind or deaf or whatever so it's uh it is it's the greatest sport in the world oh yeah yeah so what attracted you uh, or well first i should say what was it like being coached by a hall of famer and jim mooney what set him apart from other coaches that that you have had or been around well coach mooney had he had the moves uh, but I'll tell you what he had more than that is he had mindset. It was, uh, he believed in mental preparation. And, uh, you know, he always had these little things up in the room that you would, uh, 
that you would read, and some of them were inspirational stories. I, I remember one that he, it was an article that was laminated and, and posted up, and it was uh, a young man who was a quadriplegic who was a successful wrestler. And, you know, that story was on the wall. And then he had pictures on the wall, you know, the Ben brothers should have been, could have been, would have been, if only they made, made good decisions, basically, what it boiled down to. And so those little mindset things just stuck with you. And he just also went to bat for you, believed in you, nurtured you, talked to you about anything that you needed in your life beyond wrestling. And, and then I think the relationships that he kept with wrestlers after that, and this is something that coach Gaffner also has a, a great knack for is, um, are, are just the guys that came before me and, and then after, and he just keeps those wrestlers together. So it becomes like a, a Hornet pride thing. And, and the same thing with the Jayhawks later on. Right, right. Uh, the Hornet Pride. So my Williamston, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you are. Um, the Simmons brothers were around my era. And, and I mean, I don't have to speak. I mean, Nick and Andy undefeated four times state champs and uh, went on to Michigan State, had great careers as multi-time All-Americans and Big Ten champions. And their brother Brad also won a state title. But what I can remember outside of those those brothers and everything else is that every time you looked at a Williamson wrestler, those kids knew how to compete. Um, they, they knew how to compete. They were always tough. And that's a credit to the program, but also a credit to a coach like Jim Mooney setting those type of standards for his athletes. Right. Yeah. He was good at that and, and good at building culture in, in a program, you know, so um, it wasn't just a, a one season it was the Williamson culture, and I know he, you know, he has the one state title to his name. But the the teams that he had through the years had always been pretty successful. Uh, maybe not to the level of some other programs, but um, you know, Williamson kids are are tough kids. They, they have a good mindset, and of course, you know, Scott Simmons wrestled for Coach Mooney, and and I think it was important Scott, that that his sons went and were coached by Coach Mooney. And that's why they moved back to the Williamson area themselves and when they were kids. So it was really cool. I mean, yeah, Nick and Andy and Brad was a little younger uh, than they were, but um, they were all running around my waist, you know, waist high to me when I was in high school. And um, so it was fun. You could say I used to throw those kids around, but it was only because they weighed 40 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, they, they finally grew. I think Nick's actually like 160 pounds right now. So yeah. <laughs> so I, wet still. Tell you who I didn't throw around very much was Scott Simmons. Though he he, I owe a lot to Scott. He made me uh, a tough, hard nosed wrestler on the mat. That's for sure. Uh, he he really got in and mixed it up with me a lot when I was, especially my senior year in high school, where you know there was nobody in the room, you know, that I could really compete with at that point. Mm-hmm. So. You take third and state your senior year, right? Yeah, unfortunately, but yes. What What made you want to wrestle in college? Well, I knew that I wanted to wrestle in college um, all along. Um, I just didn't know how, didn't know where. You know, I, I got a lot of letters from different coaches, 
you know, from division one to two to three, but there wasn't a coach that came up and talked to me until coach Gaffner came up and talked to me. And when I found out he was from Williamston, there was an, an instant uh, connection there. And, um, so we talked a lot about that, but he just really put my mind at ease about wrestling. And I'm so glad that I went to a smaller school that really, you know, when you go to the, when you go to Muskegon Community College, that building is, it's big enough to hold the classes, but it feels like a big high school, really. You know, it's not overwhelming at all. And, and I felt comfortable and, you know, he introduced me to, everybody that I needed to know on campus to get things done and get registered and uh, help me out with that whole, you know, that whole thing. And um, yeah, it was, uh, so yeah, I, I always wanted to wrestle in college and, and I'm glad that I went the Juco route because, you know, you find out pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. You set goals for yourself. And, and my biggest stretch goal of course was to be an Olympic champion. I got nowhere near that, um, but I beat I beat Division One All Americans. I, you know, I competed with really powerful dudes, but I got beat by a lot of guys too in college. And so you reset your goals a little bit later on, and and just know that your love and your passion for the sport is going to carry through, and and uh, hopefully you can pass on your knowledge and and expertise to generations moving forward and that's why i'm still in coaching now <laughs> so after your competitive career i mean i could you you kind of nail on the head about coach gaffner and everything else and and what were kind of the differences or similarities between those two coaches between coach gaffner and coach mooney so there are quite a few similarities um you know they were uh both people that would do anything for their kids for their wrestlers um, to help them through. Uh, the differences were, man, I can't tell you how many different, I don't think that there were many differences to be honest with you. They were both just mentors to me. Um, when, it, when, you, when it comes down to technique, uh, you know, I learned some things at MCC that I didn't know, you know, I. I, I felt like I was a bit of a sponge and learned from wrestlers above me and moves that they did. Coach Mooney taught me more about process and setups and, and how many times you have to hit a move to perfect it. But I, as far as the moves that I ran, I mean, I, those were moves that I ran as a freshman and sophomore, and I just got better and better at them. Um, Coach Gaffner you know, I never, I never hit a high crotch. I didn't know what a high crotch was. This is in 1993, but I had a really good fireman's carry and the setup is the same. So uh, he taught me a, a high crotch and that changed my, my offensive game quite a bit. But, and then there are a few other moves and just the difference in, you know, what it takes to be successful in college is a little bit different. You have to be, you have to be tougher. Every kid that you wrestle you know, is tough. They, they're all there for a reason. So you're, you're not going to have very many quote unquote easy matches. You're not going to have a lot of warm up matches, you know, for the most part, maybe some exceptional athletes have that, but um, I was not one of those. <laughs> it, it's interesting you say about like, uh, like when I went to MCC, 
you know, I was I was an upper body wrestler, and one of the things that I learned was he uh, Coach Bentley started us off with, you get your underhook, and this is your attack. So you got a high crotch here, sweep single, or to your double leg, or to a front headlock. But the one thing I've shown a lot from what I learned was a drag half. That was one of the first things Coach Bentley showed us, and um, I've showed to a lot of my athletes, and they use it pretty regularly. I probably shouldn't be putting this out on social media that that's our main move to defend the drag half, but. Um, Every time I see a kid hit it, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I went to MCC and learned that that technique to add to a spiral ride, basically. And um, the the people that you meet at the college level, um, many of my full I've competed with at MCC, and we're still still close today. And um, it, it, it's just interesting being in that that environment at the co- collegiate level, um, the blood, sweat, and tears, the rides, and the bus, and um, I just think back, you know, it's 20 years since I was at MCC and, uh, I still can remember just like yesterday being on campus and going through and seeing the koi pond and all that, all that stuff, all those things there and eating in the cafeteria. So it's a really great place, really great place. Definitely. What, what pushed you into coaching from the high school level to the collegiate level? Well, you know, honestly, when I got when I finally got my teaching degree, uh, it was in a time where jobs were really hard to come by in education. Um, and I, I wanted to stay around Muskegon. I didn't really want to move. I had a life established here. I had a wife and a home and all that. And I didn't want to move. So, um, so I ended up having a hard time teaching in the same place that I could coach. And so I, I taught full-time in Muskegon Heights. And then I coached at Orchard View. So I, and I always had this dream of, you know, being able to combine those two. Like, why wouldn't you want to coach and teach in the same district? But mm-hmm. it never really worked out for me that way. Um, and so I thought, you know what? I really love the college action. And Coach Gaffner, you know, my dad died in, in 2001. And Coach Gaffner has really been, um, you know, somebody who I have always looked up to as a bit of a father figure even. And so I wanted to be around him and, and learn more from him and just get better. I didn't know that I would end up eventually taking the program over, but um, I'm, I'm glad that I had that opportunity. We had some really great teams in those years. And, uh, and now that I'm back after, you know, I started a business and took a few years off, but I was, the opportunity opened up again to come back. And so when I came back in that, uh, right before COVID hit actually, um, you know, I was able to really hit the ground running and bring some success back to the program right away. Yeah. I mean, the, the program has really been booming. You've had multiple Americans, including crowning the first national champion since what? 86 or no, not 86, uh, 90. It was rough. And was it? it was Claudel. I want to say it was the one that won it. Uh, yeah, and that, yeah, so it was the first national yeah. camp in like 21 years. I want to say 98. Yeah. May have been the last. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, that was, boy, and you talk about a highlight um, for the season. That was Josh Kenny from uh, Granville. And he took a year and went to Campbell. He, he wanted to come back um, and, and be closer to home. And so he was working out with Caleb Benema from Whitehall, who's on our team. 
and Caleb's a really good athlete uh, as well, and is a two-time national qualifier, um, and was a match away from placing his freshman year. So he's when he said that Josh Kenny is somebody that he has a hard time with when they work out together. I'm like, okay, I got to talk to this kid. So, <laughs> right. You know, we got him to come in, and I think it ended up being a good fit for him. He enjoyed the team, and he really had everything that I – the way he – his style of wrestling is, is everything that I love about wrestling in this era. He is he's good with the funk, but he doesn't use the funk to initiate things. Like, it's not what he wants to do all the time. I mean, he's a, he's a very gritty, in-your-face, attack-style wrestler. Mm-hmm. He stays in good position. And his pressure, and I talk about position and pressure all the time. Position mm-hmm. and pressure, position and pressure. His pressure is textbook. Like, he is relentless with his pressure. And that's mm-hmm. the key. Like, he, he, you know, he went out and, and pinned the defending national champion. The match score was only 2-1 to one at that time. But mm-hmm. if you were watching the match and you didn't know what wrestling was, you would think that he was up 10 to nothing because his pressure just had that kid on his heels the entire match, you know, and then in, in the middle of the second period, he got secured a fall from, from standing. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, so it was, that was amazing. And, and I'm really happy to have coached, you know, the next national champion um, at Messine community college. He's actually the first, state or high school champion that I've coached as a head coach. So that was, you know, something to check off my personal list was to coach a, a champion at the, at the highest level of the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then he won the outstanding wrestler award at the national tournament too. So what an amazing feat. I had, a, it was 2001 Anton Hall uh, was the national champion and he went on to wrestle at uh, Michigan state, if I remember correctly. So that is, that is correct, yeah. Yeah, and, and Anthony, that was that was back in the day where you had like uh, like Ryan Lamoureux went to Michigan State. Um, you know, we start having those JUCO guys going to Division One schools, whether it was from MCC or like a Brock Lesnar. Um, he was a he was a JUCO guy that ended up going to Minnesota. So, um, you talk a lot about how the JUCO route, so to speak, is not something that's really talked about that much from even from a academic standpoint. If you don't know what you want to do, per se, or you're not going to go to the school that you want to, you want to save a little bit of money, how is going to junior college route the, the best option for a prospective student athlete? Well, you know, if you're, if you're an in-county kid, your, your tuition's going to be like around five grand a year if you don't have any financial aid at all. If you, had to, if you just had straight cash to pay if you're an out-of-county kid, but you're in-state, it's going to be um, less than 10000 a year to go to school here. So when you when you talk about dollars and cents and you compare 10000 against 40000 uh, or, you know, some of the other schools, you might be able to do 20. You might be able to swing 25 at some schools, I suppose. But it's a huge difference um, when it comes to the price of tuition. And you're getting in equal education as far as, you know, credit for credit. You know, if you want to take a, a general, you know, you want to take your general ed courses and major 
and you know we have all of those courses those 100 and 200 level courses to major in if you're pursuing education or business or you know any number of other things engineering accounting so on and so forth and and you transfer those credits on they all you know those credits will transfer credit for credit and then you've got the uh if you get your associate's degree especially um division one programs love it when it a junior college kid comes in and they've got their associate's degree already. They're set up. They know they're not going to have eligibility issues. Uh, college coaches at any level, D3, D2, NEIA, um, and D1, I think that they love JUCO wrestlers because not only do they know that they can handle the academic uh, side of things, but it's not easy handling the athletic side of a, of a college wrestling room. Yeah. It's a tough sport. I mean, this sport, this sport can wear you down. And mm-hmm. when you've got wrestlers that have handled two years in a college room and that kind of competition and, and going from being an all-state high school wrestler and having all kinds of success to, you know, maybe being a little bit of a journeyman in college and, you know, taking a few losses but going through and, and, uh, and competing for those two years – they know that they're getting somebody that can handle it. And, you know, Cody Carpenter, the coach at Ravana, who's a Jayhawk, he was in the wrestling room the other day. And we were talking about kids that came in who were state champions and kids that came in who, like, qualified for states one time. And then watching those two wrestlers wrestle each other and see the, the great equalizer of a college room where that state qualifier comes together and like figures it out and, and is, you know, could end up being better than the state champion by the end of the year. You know, the a college room is a tough, tough room and, and a great place to learn. Yeah. Yeah. makes me think we had a teammate uh, who I interviewed, uh, Billy Johnson, who was a national qualifier for, for us at, at MCC and was a two-time national champ at Grand Valley state. He took seventh in the state of senior year. That's as high as he ever, ever went. And he actually took a year off, then came on to MCC, wrestled for two years, took another year off, went to Grand Valley, and was part of a national championship team and, and winning national championships. So, yeah, those less heralded guys usually have that chip on their shoulder. Or, or Ryan Lancaster, who was um, was the All-American at Grand Valley and part of a national championship team and a two-time national qualifier and, and the things that he's been able to do uh, Benny Gomez, who's wrestling, um, still wrestling right now, right? Um, who's a four-time All-State, or uh, yes, four-time All-State for Holt, the only one in school history and state champ and an All-American for Jayhawks. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on about all these these great Jayhawks and where they went post-college or what they're doing now, um, still continuing to give back to the youth and kids that want to learn how to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So my, my next question deals with the, the emergence of women's wrestling. Uh, it seems to be taken off pretty quickly the last five to six years, I would say. Now, when I was in school, we did not, there was not very much women's wrestling, especially in the state. If you went to Canada, there were schools out there that promoted it, but now it seems like going leaps and bounds. Do you see a connection there uh, where it will be uh, – at the JUCO level? Yeah, I mean, Indian Hills already has a really good women's program at the JUCO level. And, uh, you know, I, 
I've had conversations with both our president, who is John Selman, our, mm-hmm. that's our the Muskegon Community College's president. He's a junior college national champ and, and an outstanding Division One wrestler in Nebraska. Um, he is big on on you know looking into the women's program, as is our our athletic director Marty McDermott. Um, so it's something that we are looking into really hard, and and we want to get something like that going. I I want to be, you know, the the first junior college program to have women's wrestling in Michigan, and uh, so we're kind of pushing that as hard as we can. Um, That's awesome. It's it's saving the sport overall. You know, this is a sport that in the '90s programs were getting dropped left and right because of Title Nine, mm-hmm. um, mostly because of Title Nine. I can't say in every case, but. You know, it was a backwards way of coming into compliance with Title IX, this great law that took place that, or, you know, that was enacted where women were going to have equal opportunity. And, and instead, what was happening at the time was to come into compliance. They're dropping men's programs. They right. Went instead to of just State. adding a sport. Yeah, they dropped. Here went to Ferris State. They dropped baseball. They dropped men's track. They dropped wrestling and a number of other men's sports. Um just so that they could hold on to what they did have, which was a decent football team and a Division One hockey team, and um, and then you know keep the women's sports. When really, you know, it would have been great if there was some support to just add those women's programs then. But the interest level is really high, and and it's really like now you're seeing programs that have been dead for a long time. They're they're starting back up, and they're starting with women's and men's, you know, and. So I'm I'm just so thankful that this has finally caught on. It's been too long coming, but I'm glad it's here. And yeah, it's really helping out. Yeah, it's awesome. I've I've talked a lot about it with the um, the MHSA hosting their their first officially sanctioned girls wrestling state finals at Ford Field, and seeing the energy of all those athletes having the opportunity to compete on a big stage like that, and um, so many different storylines between. Uh, the brother-sister combination from Seasville Lakeshore and Eaton Rapids winning state titles at roughly the same time. Um, and just seeing, you think back to some of those girls that wrestled, um, like a Lauren Wolf or uh, CeCe Weber, Elena Barubi. I mean, the list goes on and on. But, but thinking about those athletes, those female athletes, the Trisha Saunders really paved the way for what we're seeing now. And, and going into the future so yeah um, i love my that last mention those names that you know the, uh lauren wolf you took the words right out of my mouth and that, she's the first girl that i can remember wrestling and you know she went mm. to okamets yeah um yeah outstanding uh female wrestler and then you, you know trisha saunders you got a lot of michigan connection there of course too um tc weber was outstanding coached against her, I had a really tough 103 pounder back in the day at, at Orchard View, and um, she was, an, of course, an all-state wrestler on the men's side of things. And uh, yeah, so it's been been pretty darn impressive seeing these girls come through. Montague, I mean, you talk about a, a, a men's program. I'm not sure if you've interviewed Chris Maddox yet, but um, Montague has really done amazing things with their women's program up here in Muskegon County. So um, pretty impressive, yeah. 
Definitely somebody to put on my list. I've heard of Coach Maddox and heard a lot of good good things about him and what he's doing over there. Pretty much, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to think, you know, Montague, Ravana, uh, Hart. Some of those schools are just they're producing some true hammers on the on the northwest side of Michigan. You know, uh, it's great to see. My last question to you, Mark. Uh, any person that's looking to get their skin in the game, so to speak, become a head coach, whether it's at the high school or college level, what is some advice you would give to them today? Well, I would just say learn the way that kids communicate these days. It's a little bit different. Um, you know, so you got to – you really got to try to speak their language and know that you might not have success <laughs> reaching kids over the phone a lot anymore you know, texting and that, and that kind of thing. But uh, so, you know, a young coach should be varied in how they can uh, communicate with kids. Make sure that your communication is always uh, a positive communication, or at least that you always end things on a positive note. You want to keep kids around. You can't beat kids over the head and just think that they're going to come back the next day. It's got to be a positive experience for them. And that's not to say that they can't get corrected or, or respond well to that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's this sport is a really, really tough sport. I've said that many times. And it's it's sometimes it's damaging when we compare ourselves to what a new kid is experiencing. Like, the, you know, we've been through so much and we can handle a little bit more than somebody who's brand new coming into this sport or brand new coaching in this sport and uh so it's uh it's just something where you got to keep things positive i mean i've changed the way i've coached over the years i'm a way different coach now than i was quite honestly even in 2009 when i first got back to the the college experience um Mm -hmm. you know so i i think you just you have to make things as fun as you can while still working as hard as you can uh, because these kids, at the end of the day, they've got to get through six-minute matches and still be able to breathe at the end of them. So it's uh, I'm not sure if you can still hear my monitor just <laughs> went hard. Um, oh, I can, <laughs> I can hear that. Good. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it, 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 that's that's one thing. And then the other thing is, is just to uh, use the resources that are around you. Um, to learn moves and, and be adaptable. And, and I would say, you know, if you're, if you're coming into the sport and you, and you have maybe less knowledge about wrestling and you're new to the sport, you know, maybe newer to the sport or your success level, you know, you didn't, maybe you didn't wrestle in college, you know, don't be intimidated by that. Um, in a lot of ways, this sport, like I, I can't get on the mat much more. I'm pushing 50. Um, put young kids, you put young people around you that love and have a great passion for the sport and, uh, help, they help motivate you. And so I would, I surround yourself with as many people that love the sport as possible and try to get, um, kids in the room that have previously graduated, you know, keep them coming back and, and make it a good experience for them. And they will, they will help you flourish. So. Wise Tyler, words. Tyler Stenberg and, and a lot of the area coaches are doing that for me right now. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the best way to do it. The, the young blood, as they say. I'm coaching middle school, so I've already reached out and said, hey, who wants to help me out? And I got a mixture of young and old 
that uh, that want to help me out with these with these young athletes. So I, I really, really, really gonna be a fun time. Well, Mark, I appreciate you being on and sharing your knowledge. It's nice to have a uh, for the first time a person I haven't really met and get to learn about your story. But the the connections between the coaches and Lansing area always nice to bring guys on and appreciate what you're doing with the Jayhawks. Uh, even though I'm 20 years removed, I still feel like I'm a Jayhawk at heart, and I'm always shouting Jayhawk pride to the top. And uh, looking forward to hopefully one day actually have the time to go out there and watch the MCC open and visit the new campus and visit the new wrestling room. Yeah, definitely would love to have you out anytime. Just give me a call. And, and before we sign off, uh, I just want to give a shout out to um, Muskegon Reese Buffer, wrestler from 1991, a 1991 graduate, standout Dusty Meissen. Uh, Dusty has pancreatic cancer. He's been carrying that around for two years. He's had this tumor. And he's had uh, just today, successfully removed the tumor with a Whipple surgery. Um, this is his second attempt at it. The first attempt failed. Nobody's battled it the way he's battled it. And, and uh, he's got a tough wrestler mentality. And, and I'm so happy for him. And I, and I hope, I know that he's not out of the, not out of the woods yet, but this is a huge step. And, and, uh, and his family's always been a big wrestling supporter in the area. So um, just a big shout out to Dusty. Yeah, Dusty, great great job. Glad to hear that you're doing better with the surgery. Pancreatic cancer is, is nothing to joke about. It's a pretty serious thing, and, and glad that that's that, that working for him and with the support that he has of people like yourself and his family. I know that he's doing well. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Mark, and uh, go Jayhawks. Go Jayhawks. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.